Welcome everyone to the Elevator Pitch, an ATS Breathe Easy podcast. My name is Siva Bhavani. I'm an assistant professor of medicine at Emory University. On this podcast, I talk to the scientists behind innovative new studies to get their elevator pitch, the big picture story behind their research. And importantly, we explore how these studies can change the way we care for patients in the ICU. Today, we go to the UK to interview Professor Peter Watkinson. Professor Watkinson, could you introduce yourself for the listeners? I'm Professor Watkinson. I am a researching intensive care physician at Oxford University and the Oxford University Hospitals NHS Trust. I've got a particular interest in detecting deterioration of patients on the ward so that we can prevent and facilitate timely ICU admission. Today, we're here to discuss your study, Detecting Deteriorating Patients in the Hospital. The results from this novel study were published in the American Journal of Respiratory and Critical Care Medicine, the Blue Journal. Could you give our listeners your elevator pitch for the study? Our hospital-wide alerting via electronic notice board or Haven system combines state-of-the-art machine learning with up-to-the-minute patient risk factors from the electronic patient record to identify patients who would benefit from review by intensive care clinicians. We identified risk variables for potential inclusion in our model by both a systematic literature review and by asking experts. Our model includes static risks such as age and prior comorbidities such as chronic obstructive airways disease and frailty, and dynamic risks, including vital signs, common laboratory values, and the amount of oxygen prescribed. We used unplanned ICU admission or cardiac arrest as outcomes that suggested reversible deterioration. We developed the Haven model on over 230,000 admissions to a single hospital, and then we validated the model on over 250,000 admissions to four hospitals. The Haven model substantially outperforms previously published systems. At a threshold where one in 10 of the identified patients would have an event, it detects 42% of all events occurring in the next 48 hours in the hospital, in comparison to 22% for the next best system. This substantial change in performance in comparison to current systems opens an opportunity for proactive care for deteriorating patients in our hospitals that has not previously been present. Unlike many such models, Haven is fully technically operationalized within our hospital and can generate a risk score on every patient, updated real time, each time a new piece of information arrives. Our interactive interfaces allow clinicians to investigate why the patient is alerting on the system. Before clinical implementation, we plan further external validation using data from partner hospitals to ensure our system is reliable in other healthcare settings. That's great. I mean, there's a lot of fascinating ideas here with this Haven system. Professor Watkinson, one of the things that stands out is assessment of reliability or generalizability in other healthcare systems. One of the keys to implementations for these algorithms is generalizability. Um, For instance, if a model is developed in a cohort of predominantly older white patients, it may not be as accurate as well calibrated in a cohort of younger black patients in a different city. So how should we think about these models in terms of generalizability and scalability outside of a single medical system, city, or you're in the UK now, so even the country that it's developed in? The points you raise are 
really valid and important. Clearly, there are significant differences between the healthcare systems of the United Kingdom and the United States, for example, and there are also differences between hospitals. We chose to validate our system on totally different hospitals within the UK precisely to deal with the, that problem for NHS hospitals. But as you rightly observe, that doesn't deal with differences in systems that may occur between us and the United States, for example. That may simply mean that the score needs to be recalibrated, or it may mean that the score would work fine. And the only way to be sure of that in reality is to get an appropriate test set and validate it. So at the moment, we're working with colleagues in Australia to validate the system there. And we're also working with colleagues up in the north of our country to validate the system in a different hospital setting to increase our level of surety that we can implement the Haven system in multiple hospitals and it will work effectively. Got it. So the key seems to be kind of testing in different systems outside of where it was developed and recalibration if necessary. I think it's likely that because of our robust approach to choosing the risk factors to include in the model, using both a systematic literature review and using experts in the Delphi process, we should have picked up the factors that should be in a model that should be used internationally. What is likely is that recalibration is going to be required given the different availability, for example, of intensive care beds in the United States in comparison to the UK. That's a great point. I mean, choosing the clinical factors that you put into the model is probably the most important part of this uh, type of model development. The other thing you mentioned, Professor Watkinson, is the user interface screen, which I thought is very interesting because one of the struggles with implementation is physician buy-in, because at the end of the day, no matter how accurate an algorithm is, if the physician doesn't believe or act on the prediction, it's not going to improve patient care. So how did you kind of think about that as far as getting physicians to understand, trust, and act on the model? I agree with you that this is a really important area and one where many previous clinical prediction models have not been successful. We really started with a blank sheet and spent a long time with human factors experts going to work with the clinicians who we thought would use the system. So with intensive care clinicians and with our outreach and follow-up teams in um, the hospitals where we worked and finding out how they thought about patients who were unwell and how they thought about whether whether they should go and see them now or later. So Haven prioritises the patients from the most at risk to the least at risk in the hospital for every patient in the hospital. And the interactive interfaces allow the clinician then to look in detail at that patient swiftly. And so, for example, they can see what comorbidities a patient has, what the trend of both their Haven score and their vital signs are, what the laboratory values are. And they can be guided to look at the areas which are causing concern to the score and causing the patient to score highly. And from that, they can choose whether or not they should go and see that patient, or in fact, there are other patients slightly lower down the list who they may have more ability to impact. And that is really important in engendering trust in the score 
because the clinician can assess whether the things that the score is waiting to decide that the patient is high risk are things that they also would wait. So in a way, that's almost building transparency into the prediction as far as what's kind of moving the prediction one way or the other. It's absolutely aimed to create transparency, but also to allow the clinicians to add in their knowledge base about the system within which they work and who else might see the patient so that they can optimally spend their time. A key idea within the Hayden system is that the responder's time is valuable, that there is only a limited amount of time that highly trained clinicians can spend both reviewing patients electronically and going to see them physically. And so it's very important that we use their time efficiently with the lowest cognitive load within the system to discover the information that they need to go and see the correct patients. And we fully understand that a score will be a guide, but that the clinicians will be able to optimize that. And therefore, they need the information at their fingertips swiftly in order to do that. And what has been clinician feedback from the ICU intensive care physicians at the bedside about the Haven system? So there's a great deal of excitement in both our organization and regionally about the introduction of the Haven system. And there's a queue of hospitals wanting to take part in that. As I said, the one of the things that's really important is not to run before you can walk, therefore establishing right at the start, as you suggested, that an initially valid system is continues to be valid in, in all the instances in which you will deploy it is really important before you then go in and test the effective deployment, which is our next aim. And kind of looking into the future, I mean, this is a fast growing field. We're hearing about machine learning everywhere. What do you see the role of these type of algorithms in predicting patient deterioration over the next five to 10 years? I think that done well, these artificial intelligence based algorithms can transform our ability to provide high quality care, particularly being used as we're discussing as physician adjuncts, the idea that you would show the skilled clinician the patients who they should best spend their time with and allow them to optimize that decision is a large step away from the idea that um, AI-based tools could be clinician replacements, which I think is a long way off. I think this approach of going, we can provide an adjunct which saves us missing patients who need our care and provides a much speedier way of establishing why that patient needs your care so that you can efficiently care for them is an opportunity that we shouldn't miss as a set of clinicians. And I think that would allow us to change our whole system of managing intensive care from a reactive one where we're called to a proactive one where we go see. That is not possible with current vital signs only based systems because they are too crude to allow you to effectively choose who you should go and review. That's great. That's a lot to unpack there. Um, One of the things that stands out is this move away from thinking about it as either a physician versus algorithm. It sounds like it's more of a hybrid adjunct tool. And that's where you kind of foresee it in the next five to 10 years. I think that's absolutely true. I think we we can all see a, a way in which 
as clinicians, we could be aided by substantially more reliable information. Haven's a system which delivers you really substantially more reliable information about who is going to deteriorate to need you. That information currently isn't there for you, and that means that you cannot plan in a way that you could. So the opportunity to plan effectively, care for patients earlier, and manage your ICU better is at our fingertips with these systems. However, it, it is important to say that just demonstrating substantially superior model performance is not enough. It's very important that we then implement these systems using robust implementation science techniques to ensure that they are effectively implemented and that then you can assess the effects of, those, of that implementation such that people can know whether implementation of such systems does actually improve patient care in a cost-effective way or not. So it sounds like we're kind of in the early stages where we're finding these models, implementing at low scales, and then the next steps would be this implementation science aspect to actually find the cost effectiveness of these tools. I think that's right. It's, you know, we know, obviously, that um, having expensive, highly trained critical care response teams going out to see the wrong people is, is not cost effective. We do need to demonstrate that getting them out to see the right people is cost effective and that it's effective on patient outcomes. It's important to differentiate putting more teams in at more cost from using the same teams in a more effective way. The idea of Haven is that we would use the same teams in a more effective way and that we would establish whether using those teams in a more allowing those teams to operate in a more effective way would change outcomes and and that needs doing at small scale after you've validated that your algorithms work in multiple centers and then it needs doing at a large enough scale to show large-scale clinical benefit this is an exciting field and a fascinating study Professor Watkinson, thank you for being on the podcast and sharing your unique insights into these findings in this field at large. Thank you for taking the time to talk to me. Our three takeaways from the study. Number one, the Haven system is an AI algorithm that outperforms previously published systems in predicting reversible patient deterioration in the hospital. Number two, clinical variable selection is key to creating robust AI models that are generalizable beyond the medical system in which they're developed. Number three, the Haven algorithm is not a replacement for the clinician. Instead, it's an adjunct tool that can potentially increase clinician efficiency in identifying deteriorating patients. Thank you all for listening to The Elevator Pitch. Join us next time for the big picture behind the latest critical care study.